Hey everybody, what's going on? It's Benji and Chris here coming at you with episode number four of the Generation Fit Podcast. Today we're going to be going over how to fix your broken metabolism. Yeah, so if this sounds like you, then this is what you need right now. So if you're the per- kind of person that looks at somebody else and that's eating and then you put on a pound, that's basically a broken metabolism. But no, uh, in actual seriousness, a broken metabolism is just basically that you eat very minimal and yet you still put on weight where you see your friend and your friend is eating Oreos, cheesecake, donuts, and then if not anything, losing weight. So that's that's basically what a broken metabolism is. But realistically, it's just that your overall total calories in a day is now lower and that it's to a very significant point where if you do eat anything outside the ordinary, that it is very easy for you to put on weight. So for example, is if your metabolism is down to like 1200 calories, which a lot of our females are at, especially after chronic dieting, that if they go up to 1500 calories in one day or a couple of days straight or 16, that they'll put on weight pretty damn quickly. Yeah, exactly. What Chris was alluding to is something we kind of refer to as maintenance calories. Everyone has a certain amount of calories that requ- they require to maintain their current body weight and people that have a broken metabolism, essentially their maintenance calories are just very low. And then the Mm -hmm. example you used before, if you eat a few hundred calories over, you're going to put on weight. And with the average chronic dieter who has a negative relationship of food, that just makes them destroy their metabolism even further because they keep decreasing calories more and more because they saw that weight on the scale budge by like a pound or two. Mm -hmm. And then they're further destroying their metabolism. I've had so many clients and so have you who are eating 1,200 calories up to like such a little amount. And they're very confused coming to us like, hey, Benji, Chris, whatever. I can't lose any fat. I don't know what's going on. I've been like this my whole life. I was fine when I was younger, when I was in high school, but I don't know what to do now. And most people just assume naturally that it has everything to do with merely their genetics or their age or their gender or something. And yes, like those do play a role to an extent, but usually very minimal Um, compared to what people make it out to be like. For example, a lot of what um, a broken metabolism is due to is dieting choices that people made themselves unknowingly, and that's how they wreck their metabolism, essentially. So over-restricting calories, not eating a balanced diet, um, doing excess amounts of cardio, and just attempting to lose weight on the scale very quickly and not preserving muscle mass. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so... All of those are the biggest factors in creating the storm that we call a broken metabolism. And in this episode, our goal is to help you guys get out of that broken metabolism into a thriving metabolism. So without further ado, we got to first understand that there are four parts to the metabolism itself. And we're going to go through them with you right now. So you understand the overall arching principle of the metabolism. Okay. So the the biggest biggest thing so far is the total daily energy expenditure, or simply put, the total amount of calories that you output a day, right? In that TDEE that we go through four major points, which is the basal metabolic rate, the non-exercise activity thermogenesis, which is just the activity that you do that's not planned. Exercise activity thermogenesis is just the exercise that's planned. And your thermic effect of food that it does take calories to burn to when you eat food that it has to burn. So those are your biggest four components and we're gonna break down each one for you. Yeah, basically 
understanding these four com- components are going to allow you to optimize your metabolism because a lot of people, what they do is they focus on the wrong categories. They focus on exercise activated thermogenesis, which really just means the calories you're burning during exercise. The only problem is this only accounts for like five to 10% of the calories you're burning throughout the day. There's other categories you could focus on, such as your basal metabolic rate and your non-exercise activated thermogenesis, which basically just means the calories you're burning at rest and the calories you're burning from doing minimal activity, not associated with um, planned exercise, essentially. And those two things are what's going to burn 70 to 80% of the calories you're burning throughout the day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And a great example, uh, the reason why we believe in this so much is because we are walking examples of what happens when you build up your metabolism. And just a quick tidbit, uh, I started off back in 2017. My my overall maintenance or calories or TDEE was give or take around, I would say, 2,000 calories. And now we fast forward, this is right before 2023. So the end of 2022, I am sitting at maintaining at 4,000 calories. That is a massive jump. That is 2x what I was doing back in 2017. So it is possible. It does not take that long. And you're leaner. And I'm leaner for it. Basically, is that I'm able to eat more and also maintain at a leaner body weight. That is very healthy and which is definitely possible for you guys. Yeah, it sounds very paradoxical. We're really saying to you guys right now, hey, we're eating more calories than ever, two times more than we have, yet we're leaner than we've ever been. We've lost body fat. We've gained muscle. How is that possible? And I mean, it's very possible. It's just that most of the information in the fitness industry is just backwards. It's, <laughs> the, the, I mean, it's backwards for good reason in their mind. It's because they want to take money out of your pocket and sell you products that is going to make you supposedly lose fat. And if you do lose that fat, you're going to gain it right back. And another example I want to give that kind of my story about my metabolism is I was a soccer player my whole life and I knew nothing about nutrition. I had no appetite and I was eating nothing basically, weighed 130 pounds. I was probably eating 1500 calories a day maybe, but I was also burning like a thousand at every soccer practice. Oh, more like, than that, yeah. Yeah, like, so I wasn't, whatever my maintenance calories is was at the time, very, very low, probably below like 1500, honestly. And within a very, very quick period of time, I knew nothing about dieting or training. But when I had started my fitness journey, I just immediately was like, okay, I'm going to eat 4,000 calories a day, not knowing anything. We don't recommend that that drastically with what we know now. But point being is I gained maybe my first 20, 25 pounds because I was so skinny and so undernourished to the point where it almost looked like I hadn't gained any fat. Yes, I put on a few pounds of fat, but it looked better and more healthy on me. And it actually got to the point where my metabolism adapted to the amount of calories I was eating, 4,000 calories, and I was actually struggling to put on any additional pounds past 160 pounds eating that much. So mm-hmm. I actually had was forced to diet down again to kind of resensitize my metabolism so that I could start eating more calories again. It almost seems too good to be true, guys, but <laughs> it really is. Yeah, these are, these are the problems that you want to have. You want me the other side of the spectrum where you're eating so much to the point where you're like, oh man, I'm way too full. That's, that is a way better problem than the latter, which is what we're about to describe right now and help you out is that you literally look at somebody else eating and then you gain weight. Like think about it this way, 1200 calories is not a lot. That's basically one, in our case is about one meal or one and a half meals. That is nothing. That is nothing at all. That's not basically, nothing. yeah, it's <laughs> like, to fit that in, that's like an average, like a chicken breast cooked in a little sprayed oil and then steamed veggies and some 
and some carbs of your choice for three meals. Yeah, it's hard to understand how little I was eating before based on how my metabolism is now. And it's just, it's absolutely absurd. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I um maybe we can go into a little bit about adaptive thermogenesis, which basically just means how your metabolism adapts to the amount of calories you're eating. Um, so we used the example before where people are not able to lose weight off of eating 1,200 calories because their metabolism adapted to them basically starving themselves for such a lar- large period of time. But the good news is that your metabolism also adapts to eating essentially an excess of calories or more calories. So it works on the other end of the spectrum too. So like Chris talked about before, it's a much better problem to have when your metabolism adapts to eating more calories so you can eat more food as opposed to the other way around where you have a negative relationship with food and you're eating too little and you're depriving yourself of not only just basic nutrients, but of your goals that you're trying to achieve. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'll... I'll start with this one, and this is probably the biggest one that we have to understand, is the basal metabolic rate. Okay, that is the amount of calories that you burn at rest when you're laying in bed, just being a complete potato. That is the biggest contributing factor because it technically burns the most, we're talking about 50, almost 50% of the calories burned in a day, which is half of the total daily energy expenditure. So in your cases, you want to maximize how much you burn at rest. How to do that is putting on more muscle. And when you do that by resistance training and getting stronger in the gym, that over time, each each pound of muscle that you put on your frame, that you're burning about six to 10 calories more at rest. So if you put on, let's say 30 pounds in a year or two, that you have basically that much more calories burned at rest 30 times 10, which is 300 calories burned at rest, which is, yes, trust me, you're going to want that. And yes, there are other processes that are happening and, and realistic, uh, being realistic, you'll probably burn more calories anyways, just because now that you're heavier walking around with more muscle mass that you're actually going to burn more calories through neat as well. But the basic premise is the BMR is the biggest factor. So putting on muscle and resistance training are your biggest tools. Yeah. We were talking about this a little bit uh, before the podcast started and it's a, a little inconclusive, but the general consensus is that each pound of muscle burns somewhere probably more than four times more than each pound of fat burns. So somewhere between six and 10 calories, most likely mm-hmm. for each pound of muscle, there's individual variants with that. But that means that, like you said before, if you put on 10, 15, 20 pounds of muscle you, and you replace basically fat with muscle there, you're going to be burning an extra 200, 300, 400, maybe even more calories per day doing nothing, just sitting on your couch, you're going to be burning more calories sitting on your couch, eating potato chips than you were when you just totally destroyed your metabolism. <laughs> not wrong. Yeah. It's, not wrong it's unbelievable. I mean, it's, uh, I mean, obviously that's a little bit of an exaggeration, but still at rest, you're going to be burning so many more calories because you focused on weight training. I see a lot of people and we'll delve more into this when we talk about the exercise activated thermogenesis. But when I look at the gym and I see so many people on the cardio machines and less people in like lifting weights. It bothers me a little bit because I know what the goals of most of these people are. I've trained these, some of these same people before and you see them a lot. Like you almost recognize this correlation. I'm not saying this is everyone because everyone's goals are a little different and they're doing cardio for different reasons, but you could see people doing bicep curls kind of lazy as shit, just doing like the half-assed bicep curls who are leaner than everyone else in the gym or everyone on the cardio machines. And then you see the people that are blasting cardio away for like two hours at a time every single day. 
and they can't reach their fat loss goals. They're still complaining, confused. Why is it me that I can't lose any fat? And that just happens to be everyone next to you too on the cardio machines. There's a reason for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Basically, the what you don't want to do is, like we alluded before, was just excessive amounts of cardio and on top of eating less. That is the, the, the perfect storm. Hence why we're trying to tell you right now is if you resistance train and get stronger, that is the antithesis of the exact problem that we're trying to focus on. Yeah. Well, while we're on cardio, maybe we could talk a little bit why we don't recommend it wholeheartedly for the main goal of fat loss because cardio is a great tool for heart health like if your doctor recommends it don't stop it necessarily necessarily um it's it's a tool for fat loss as well but the only problem with it is that as you do cardio you have to keep doing even more cardio to keep getting fat loss results that's because your body actually gets more efficient at burning calories while doing cardio but it gets a little less efficient at burning calories when you're not doing cardio. So Mm -hmm. in order to keep losing fat, you have to do more and more cardio. So imagine if you lose a pound of week doing an hour hour of cardio a week. Well, then the next week you're gonna have to do an hour and a half of cardio. And then the week after that, you're gonna have to do two hours in order to keep losing fat. That's completely unsustainable. Let's say you have 30 pounds of fat to lose. Do you wanna be doing seven hours of cardio strenuously every single week? And then having to keep that up for basically the rest of your life, unless you want to get fat again, that's a horrible plan. That's completely unsustainable. It's one of the many reasons why 90 to 95% of dieters gain all their weight back. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Benji did a great job of of helping you guys there. Basically, right now is get away from that treadmill, get away from the elliptical and start really hitting the gym at least two or three times a week hard. Right? So you're progressively getting stronger over time. That will be the exact opposite of what you need to be doing. And he did a great job of explaining why why that we go that route anyways because we are marketed that way. We're told yeah. that we're supposed to just burn fat when we're running because that's apparently the fat burning zone, which is what we've been told when we were younger. Yeah, it's hard almost to hack your brain or to tell yourself, hey – now that Benji and Chris, or now that I learned this from more of the science scientific point of view, I'm actually going to get off the treadmill and start doing weights. Have you been hitting the treadmill for 10, 15, 20 years? We, we know so many people like that, and they still can't achieve their results. It's going to be very hard to just, within the snap of the fingers, start lifting weights and not doing any cardio. But I think that a good way to get into it instead of just jumping straight into the weights and stopping cardio is just doing a little bit more weight training and a little bit less of cardio and then letting the results speak for themselves eventually almost as if it's withdrawal symptoms from like caffeine or something (laughs) and then you just slowly push it away and then you're like oh wow this is working pretty well I could handle this it's actually working now and then you get addicted to it and you stop cardio almost altogether <laughs> to the point where you're on the other spectrum and then your doctor's like, hey, maybe you should do some cardio for your heart. Yeah, that's me right there. <laughs> that, that's me, well, yeah. what's funny enough though is that your heart rate sometimes can be so elevated from doing heavy compound lifts that sometimes cardio for your heart health is rendered unnecessary anyways. I've been starting to do like more heavy compounds like putting deadlifts back in my routine and uh, barbell squats. And my heart rate is through the roof after those for a, quite a sustained period of time. If you're doing like four or five sets of those multiple times a week. And I mean, my resting heart rate's actually gone down from that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just, just so you guys know, uh, your metabolism is adapting for, for survival mechanism and it's doing what it needs to be doing to help you live. So, so think of it this way before, before we had all these computers and work from home and food delivered to your door, when we actually had to hunt and and work outside for the most part, except for the blue collar guys, we appreciate you. 
But <laughs> well, understand that when we had to go gather food, that we had to walk or run or hunt, that we're out there in the wild, not eating and completely starved. And if we didn't get a kill of an animal or any sort of crop, then we cannot eat and therefore are unable to survive. Imagine if your maintenance back then was about 4,000 calories. You would be the first one to die instantaneously. Yeah. But in the context of today, we don't move. <laughs> We're trying to burn the most at rest. And then we we have to have to burn as many calories at rest now so we can eat the way we want to eat, especially now that food is delivered, that we don't literally sit down all day if we, unless you plan exercise. Because even if you work out twice a week, that means majority of the time, if, if you are a general white collar worker, that you're probably sitting down 90% of your days because you're working, then you're probably watching TV, or in this case, we play video games, I do sometimes, and then you're still on a seat. So in this case, burn more calories at rest. Yeah, basically the only time you don't want your to be able to eat a lot of calories without gaining fat is if you're like in the potato famine in Ireland like 200 <laughs> years ago. So you're pretty much set, guys. <laughs> Yes. We'll go to the next one, which is NEAT. And now this is also one of the biggest factors. This is about 30% of your total daily. So we're already at 80%, right? So we've given two yeah. of the four and we're already at around 80%. It varies on person. But look, most people focus on the other 20%, yeah. the smallest amount. Yeah. So now these two are the biggest, okay? So your non-exercise activity thermogenesis is, like I said before, was the non-planned exercise which includes walking, fidgeting, and little habits that you do throughout the day. So yeah, like being ADHD man like me and just like nonstop <laughs> moving my knee up and down while I do this podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Whether it be brushing your teeth, whether it be uh, just doing little chores around the house, that is considered neat. That And the reason why it's so high on this list is because you can have somebody, uh, and plenty of studies have done this, is when somebody fidgets or moves around or taps if you're watching this camera like this, and you're going to notice that that person will burn way more calories overall than the person that just sit, yeah. that just sat completely still doing absolutely nothing, even if they did the same amount of step count, if they ate the same amount of food. So understand that these little details will add up, okay? And then Benji will give some examples of what we can do to up your NEAT overall. Yep. And well, that's funny. I want to say that you mentioned that, like just fidgeting your finger. I remember when I was younger, I went on a field trip to the Liberty Science Center, and they have like this this bar where all you do is shake it for a minute and it shows you how many calories you burn and you see the ticker go up and up and up and that if if you imagine doing that across an entire day you would be burning a ridiculous amount of calories now no one's going to actually do that but it just kind of shows the example of look just the slightest bit of movement how many more calories it's going to burn than just sitting on your ass all day watching movies it's it's, it's unbelievable mm -hmm. but yeah some tips to get more uh, steps in, like Chris said, and or even before we go into that, generally we recommend about 10,000 steps per day. That's kind of the norm now of what we're recommending. And what I think lots of people in the scientific sphere are recommending as well. If you can go over that, great. If you go slightly under that, fine. But I think 10,000 steps is a great first goal considering the average American only walks around 3,000 steps. I think the exact number is 2,700, which is very little. But Chris and I have talked about this before how, and he lives in Hoboken and in Hoboken, no one's fat. And the average person <laughs> is walking 15 to 20,000 steps a day. There's a correlation between that. Same thing with New York City, right across the Hudson River. There's people are walking an average of 15 to 25,000 steps a day. Significantly less people are obese there compared to the national average of 40%. So mm -hmm. big correlation there. 
Um, but tips to get more steps in because lots of people will say, oh, I can't or I don't know how to. I only I look at my app and it says I got 3000 a day. And pro tip, your health app on your iPhone tracks it for you. So if you don't want to get a watch that tracks it, that's a free option. But one tip is to just get your steps in while on the phone. A lot of people, whether you're in an office that has a lot of space or you're just inside your home or outside, whatever it is, you could have a 30, 40, 50 minute conversation with someone on the phone just sitting there when instead you could have been taking half of the amount of time taking steps during that phone call. I mean, I think that I've gotten 10,000 steps in on one 40 minute phone call once something close to that just by walking while on the phone instead of doing nothing. It's amazing because if you think about that, you're being productive. You're not being unproductive because you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. If you have a work call or um, you're speaking to a friend or family member, and then on top of that, you're getting your total daily steps in so that now you don't have to make an extra effort external from your work or what you already had planned for the day to get more steps in. So I think that this is definitely one of the best tips and the one that's worked best for me for sure. And this is something that's worked for me when I didn't plan it. And when I did consciously think, hey, I'm on a phone now, I might as well just go for a walk because it makes a big difference. Yeah. And just a, a small tidbit here is that about every thousand, couple thousand steps that you're burning 100 calories. So it's not a lot of calories, but just think that it does add up. It's also when you're walking that you're not, most people aren't eating and walking at the same time. And two is at least your appetite that some of it might be even suppressed just because you are physically doing something. So it, especially, in, like you said before, I live in a very hustle, hustle and bustle city. It is all movement around. Hustle you, and bustle. Oh, yeah. You literally can't get anywhere without walking. So you have to get from point A to point B. And then people here in the Northeast, for anybody that's watching in the Northeast, move as fast as possible. There is no stopping anywhere. So you are walking those 15 to 20,000 steps almost as fast as possible. And that means you are burning a lot more calories than you think. And I'm telling you right now, nobody's fat here. Not many. Yeah. Not if many you stuck all. like a 500 pound guy here with like no car, no assistance, no like wheelchair to wheel himself around, which would still burn more calories than you normally would. He would be not fat within like two years max because you have to walk everywhere. That's so much more energy than someone would be used to expending if they were extremely overweight. It's it, I think we should have a TV show on this. Instead of Biggest Loser, we should have our own where we just bring someone to Hoboken and just have them walk around the whole time. Yeah, Biggest Walker. Yeah, Biggest Walker. Just have them be like, all right, your next task is to go to 7-Eleven. And like, you know, and then that's the challenge is they have to like not buy too much food in the store. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. Yeah basically, yeah, basically the rules would be you can't order food. You can't order food and you have to cook your own food the entire time. Yeah, and that's like you walk to get your ingredients. Yeah, you have to. That's I literally have to walk about 0.7 miles. I actually know exactly. 0.7 miles <laughs> to go to the grocery store and then I have to get it. I also have to walk it back. So imagine I'm farmers walking massive grocery bags all the way back. So it is impractical. So if, if I was smarter, like I would- Perfect get, form. <laughs> it has to be perfect form. And then I have to carry it back with either a cart or, or like a little something that goes on wheels, a trolley, and bring it back all the way back to my apartment just to lug it back up a staircase. So- there's a lot of more effort involved. Yeah, there's but, exercise <laughs> everywhere in cities. Yeah, but otherwise, so you have some other practical tips is parking further, taking the staircase, and then during your lunch break or after your meals, especially after dinner, that it also it's a twofold approach here because you also can get some sunlight, especially during the spring and summertime. And you can spend some time with your significant other or your pet in those in those minutes that you're walking around the community yeah. or there's lots of ancillary benefits just like you said like spending like spending more quality time with a family member your partner or whatever and also just 
a better digestion of food if you're doing it after, um, for example, dinner, then you're just going to be able to digest your food better and better metabolize it. And you're also, uh, there's just lots of benefits. Mm -hmm. And then also another big tip is that we recommend lifestyle tips. So maybe creating a lifestyle around being just generally more active, but not something that's so strenuous. So for example, is for my for my uh, mothers out there that they took up gardening or or botany or some sort of planting. So they are f- actively doing stuff outside in their front yards and the backyards and they're doing, there's build either they're planting their favorite flowers or they're, yeah. or they're, yeah, planting seeds so they can make tomatoes or basil, whatever it is. And it's a great, great ho- hobby to just yeah. be burning calories at And rest. to the 1% of uh, gardener fathers, we love you too. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, absolutely. It's a great um, hobby because you're one, like I said before, I was alluding to ancillary benefits. You're getting the sun. You're getting your vitamin D. Most people are deficient in that. And we live in a culture that we just wake up in this dark room and we put our sunglasses on and go outside and go to work and go back inside. So great benefits right there. And then, yes, you're moving around. You're doing like you're whatever cutting different I don't, I don't know enough about gardening <laughs> but you're you're moving <laughs> so that's good and then you take the more harder approach if you want to engage in more physical habits and this kind of crosses the line a little bit between exercise activated and non-exercise activated it really depends on how you look at this but it's hiking because for me I don't look at that as exercise because for me my exercise is in the gym that's when I'm trying hiking is actually more relaxing for me so yeah. if anyone else is in the same boat is that that I'm going to be burning I think I've probably burned upwards of a thousand calories during a single hike and it wasn't nearly that strenuous compared to me actually going into the gym and like blasting cardio for 40 minutes it just was actually very enjoyable and just so happened that I was moving my body so much and it was a very long scenic hike mm-hmm. yeah so that we get to tip number or the number third of the number third number third yep. number three <laughs> of the metabolism which is exercise activity thermogenesis and all that's simply put is the exercise that you planned to do in this case we recommend resistance training twice a week at a bare minimum full body workouts focusing on compound exercises because that maximizes time in the gym. You're doing the least amount of effort to get the most return. And then that you're building muscle in this process. Therefore, you're raising your basal metabolic rate. But just just to also give you an example, that people try to burn off the calories in the gym. And that is the worst thing you can do. Mm-hmm. Because yes, maybe maybe that you do two miles on the, on the treadmill. And it says that you burn 500 calories. By, by the way, it is wrong by at least an average of 50 to 90% of the time. Now, you're focusing on that amount and you're only burning right then and there. But when you come back and you don't do that cardio, that's what happens is you start to eat in a way where you go, okay, I have an extra 200 calories to eat. And then you eat that extra 200 calories. But then when you don't move again, the other day that you take a full rest day, your metabolism is still at the same point. Whereas the person that's resistance training and getting stronger at the gym, they're actively increasing their calorie point higher and higher. So when they're at rest, their metabolism is actually rising. So in this example would be like person A does cardio every single day, 30 minutes, and person B does resistance training only two hours a week. And over time, let's say a three-month span, that example A, their metabolism is still stuck at, let's say in this case, 2,000 calories for a man. And then in example B, 
that man over three months amount of time is now burning 2200 calories for a maintenance calories so that's a great example for you guys yeah i think you hit the nail on the head like you said you take one person that does cardio let's say you study that for three months and you take the man who does purely weight training for four months as well and you say that at the beginning both of their maintenance calories were about 2000 the guy who was doing cardio his maintenance calories are probably going to stay at 2000 or maybe even decrease if he has other bad lifestyle or dietary habits that um encourages a worse metabolism and then you take the man who focuses predominantly on weight training and he's not over restricting calories and he's just living an overall healthier lifestyle along with that resistance training and he's going to pack on more muscle more size that's not fat that's if the weight on the scale goes up that's muscle and he's actually going to be burning more calories because that muscle requires more energy um to that that muscle expends more energy so it's very um requ- it requires more calories basically to take in mm-hmm. yeah and working at a gym for now i think almost nine to ten years this is the biggest example of what uh, f- marketing does, <clears throat> and it just show it just goes to show you that marketers do a good job of making making you want something that does not help you. And in this case, is more cardio or just little these little gadgets that don't make any sense. And it, it's a shame because we now know this is now conclusive at this point that we want to resistance train and we want to. Uh, burn as many calories at rest, but we st- we're still told, and a lot of my gym members um, always focused on cardio first before weight training, and that's just a shame because that's actually the opposite of what they need to be doing. Yeah, it's impeding your the gains that you're making from your weight training. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's it's such a shame, but please start weight training today. Yeah, <laughs> well, no, that's a great example because like you said, marketers are great at getting you to want something that you think will help you and then delivering on that promise of giving you that thing that actually turns out to not help. <laughs> That's kind of how it works. It's very strange. Like almost saying that was like almost trippy trying to articulate that properly. But <laughs> I've noticed for so many gyms I work out at still, I work out at a few different ones and they'll have this newsletter or when you walk in the gym, they'll be like, hey, guess what? We got all this new equipment. And, you know, I'm not that excited because I know what's about to happen. And they're like, we added 10 new treadmills, 15 new ellipticals like 10 stationary bikes and i'm like cool what are like just so like more people can i mean first of all they already have enough (laughs) and then so more people could just go on those just because it's like one model newer and not lose any fat and just keep their metabolism lower on average that what does that do for you right because if a gym's going to be getting new equipment add more weightlifting equipment because that's going to give you more options to build more muscle that's what we want to see it's just it's it's very backwards oh absolutely all right and and then the last one is tef or the thermic effect of food and this is accounts for like five to ten percent so don't don't think that is that much and these are just ranges these are not absolutely specific so thermic effect of food is just the food that you eat it takes energy to digest that food for our clients, we recommend putting protein and fiber at the forefront because one, in this case, that protein t- takes about 20% of the energy out of what you actually eat to digest it. So for example, a chicken breast is about 100 calories. And out of that 100 calories, if 20% is taken away just from digesting it, that you're only ingesting about 80 calories. 
we don't want you to have that framework of, oh, I'm going to keep eating protein because I'm going to get like net negative calories at the end of it or that there's calories just magically taken away. No, 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 no. What I want you to think about is protein hitting that target first and hitting fiber makes you fuller. Right? It's harder for your body to digest. So you have to use more energy, more energy to eat it. And on top of that, that you will have to eat food, more food on top of that on top of that, to make sure that you're getting in your total calories for the day, trust me, you're going to be one, fuller, two, you're going to be eating less overall. You might be struggling to eat more food as well. Yeah, exactly. Most people don't understand how much, so in my size here is about 190 pounds eating about 160 grams of protein. If just, just for a picture for you guys, 160 grams of protein in just meat is about two pounds a day. It's a lot. I don't eat two pounds of meat a day. I'm just giving you an example of how much protein that is to eat every day. And to focus on that is very important. But you will also realize that it's filling and it's also what's going to help you build muscle and also stay leaner overall. Yeah. The thermic effect of food only takes up about five to 10% of what your metabolism is doing throughout the day. 10% of 10% max of how many calories your metabolism is burning, but there are little things you can do that will make a big difference across an entire week, across a month, across a year. And one of those things is focusing on protein because protein has the highest thermic effect of food. I think, like you said, it's somewhere around 20%. And if you're eating a thousand calories on average of protein per day, that's going to turn out to be more like 850 or 900. You don't necessarily have to think of it that way, but because then it's just going to be too meticulous and you're going to get have a negative relationship with food if you do that. But still, that's a positive impact if you spread that across an entire week, two weeks, three weeks, and so on and so forth. Um, another thing that protein is going to be good for in this situation, other than, like Chris said, the satiating effect, is it's the macronutrient that's most associated with building muscle. So if you're increasing your protein up to around 0.8 grams of protein per pound of body weight, you're going to be optimally packing on muscle. And like we alluded to before, packing on more muscle means that your basal metabolic rate, your meaning your metabolism at rest is going to be burning more calories, which is exactly what we want because that basal mm-hmm. metabolic rate takes up uh, about 50% of how many calories you're burning yeah. throughout the day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Now, now that you have the picture of all four in the metabolism, now we get to actually how to fix it completely. Yeah, the crux and bolts here. Yeah. Yeah. So this, these are the crux and bolts of fixing your metabolism. Okay. So number one is like we've said many times before is that we have to weight train. Okay. Now that you're weight training, that you're building more muscle over time. Therefore you are burning more calories at rest. We need to get a counter on how many times you said weight training during this. Maybe like 25. 25? Yeah, well, we're going for records here. <laughs> okay. Uh, two is that you have to be eating more. You do. You, your body adapts to whatever it gives it. So your metabolism will adapt to you eating more. So everybody's a little different. So you have people on either sides of the spectrum. But we've noticed that when people eat incrementally higher, that their metabolism adapts just like so. So in this case, do not be afraid to put on a little – we're talking a little bit of weight. It is natural, especially when you're uh, resistance training – that you're going to be putting on muscle and a little bit of fat, but the main goal is to add calories over time. And in this case is how we actually do it is that you want to add about 100 calories per day or 700 calories per week above your maintenance calories. And then once your weight stagnates for about two weeks, then you can start adding another 100 calories per day or about five to 700 calories per week. And you keep rinse and repeating this until your metabolism is up 500, 
1,000, 1,500 calories, and you'd be surprised on how much you can actually raise it like both of us have in our past. Yeah, the way you fix your metabolism is almost too good to be true. It's paradoxical because we actually want you to be eating more calories. It seems so bizarre. And by the way, we recommend doing what Chris described before, adding about 700 calories per week above your maintenance. Um, And then going on from there, we recommend doing that for anywhere from four to six months because some people's metabolisms are going to be so wrecked that they need that amount of time to recover and build up the amount of calories it takes to maintain their body weight. So a lot of people hear that and then they're resistant. I want the results now. I need the results now. You've been saying that for 20 years and you haven't gotten the results now. You've been trying for 20 years. So a four to six month investment that's proven to work, that investment in your metabolism is completely worth it because it's sustainable and you're never going to have to worry about that. Oh, I need the results now. I need it now because you will have the results and they will start to become easy once you've built up your metabolism to that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So imagine imagine you have somebody who comes up to us and goes, I want to start dieting. We find out that their, their metabolism is broken and they're down to, let's say, 1,500 calories for a male. And we have to break the news to them saying, I don't professionally agree that we're going to have to diet first. Actually, we're going to have to go the other route and we actually have to start fixing your metabolism first before we start dieting. And that is heart-wrenching because imagine, <laughs> imagine all the years all the years of you chronically dieting and then losing the weight, gaining it back, if not more, and repeating that cycle over and over again. And then you finally hire us and then we have to tell you that you have to gain weight. Yeah. That is devastating. We just can't in a good conscience like tell someone, hey, we're going to have you lose fat now. And we know we can make them lose maybe five to 10 pounds of fat with good strategies right away. But we also know they're going to gain it back if their metabolism's at such a low point. So how can we do that as practicing trainers that want the best interest for people? We, we can't. Yeah, you can't. So what we have to do is we have to incrementally add calories. And that, that does take some time. But I'm telling you, it pays out in the four to six month to one year time frame because you're going to be at a point where let's say you add 500, 600 calories in let's say four months. Well, you're like, okay, I want to start dieting. Well, guess what? Your maintenance calories prior to that is now the calories that you need to start losing weight. And that is, that is awesome. So you basically didn't, at the end of it, you're now losing weight at what you were eating before, which is amazing. Yeah. And maybe we can go even into, before we finish up, some excuses people have for not wanting to engage in this. One of them being age. Oh, like I'm old and that's like, I'm 50, I'm 60 now. I'm not how my metabolism isn't like how I was in high school anymore, man. So that, it's just different. What you're talking about doesn't work. Well, it actually does work for all ages. We've done it with people who are 20 to up to people who are 60 and above. And it does work for all ages because it's just the laws of thermodynamics. That's mm-hmm. it. You can't cheat the uh, scientific law. Like that's just a fact. It objectively works. Mm-hmm. We are manipulating science basically to make sure that you get the desired result. It's not a fad trend diet or program or something like that. It's just something that's proven to work time and time again because we are just abiding by the laws of thermodynamics and manipulating that in a way so that you can lose fat. Mm-hmm. Uh, another big excuse is I'm scared to put on fat. Yeah. That is, that is one of the biggest I hear this ones. the most from girls, the most, like females. Yeah. The, our, our female clients, they are scared to put on fat because if, especially since they are the ones that are falling more into this trap of the chronic dieting, higher cardio, because they're scared to weight train for building muscle and looking like looking more masculine. And, Which isn't true, by the way. Yeah, not true at all. 
And for these people with this excuse is I cannot recommend anything else more on the opposite side of the spectrum because you need to be doing this right now before you keep putting yourself deeper and deeper into the hole. And I do have a good friend of mine who over the past five or six years have, has been doing this and she does a great job of going up and down, but her metabolism is still now at the same. So in, in this case, she was at 1500, got it down to about 1000 to 1200 every single day. Whereas now she's still there at five years from now, right? And I, like I said before, in my example in the beginning, Mine went from 2,000, and also a lot. Later. I think I know what you're talking about, actually. Yeah, yeah. It's like 2,000 calories. I'm all the way up to 4,000, and yes, even though I'm walking more, uh, even when you take that away, I'm still at 3,500 calories. Yeah. And you can see the massive difference in what happened here. She she doubled down on cardio, while I doubled down on more resistance training overall. And yes, did I put on weight in that interim? Yeah, a little bit. But guess what? You can gain weight at a rate of about two to three pounds a month. And that's more muscle, you know, overall mass. I mean, as a beginner, it's going to be predominantly muscle if you're doing everything properly. Yeah. And then at my stage, like I'm trying to put on two or three pounds a month. And then I, you can lose fat approximately one pound per week or 1% of body fat. That is a lot faster than muscle. So think of it, think of it like a longer period of time. In six months at most, I'm putting on 18 pounds, right? Yeah. And then losing, losing fat, I could lose 18 pounds linearly in this perfect world, 18 weeks. At the slowest. Yeah, and having that more muscle is actually going to pop everything more to the surface and make you look less fat at a higher body fat percentage also. So that's another benefit of that. Yeah, and like I said, for the ladies, trust me, you're not going to look. Right now, it's just an investment in time, okay? Yes, you are going to be putting on more weight, but slowly and incrementally and methodically Yeah. versus just blindly shooting for the stars and adding calories ignorantly well the opposite example of that is is my girlfriend when i met her her maintenance calories were something like 1200 and i mean yeah she weighed a significantly amount less because she was you know eat, over restricting calories by a ridiculous amount but i kind of helped her with this reverse dieting idea that's what we call the concept we're talking about right now and she started increasing calories to the point where she put on so much muscle and uh a good amount of weight as well, but because so much of it was muscle, it was so much easier for her to now diet down eating 2,300 calories to lose fat when she was eating 1,200 to maintain her body weight. And originally the fear was, oh, I'm going to look less feminine or I'm going to look fat and all of these things. And all it did was make her look more feminine, look better and actually get leaner over time with more muscle on her frame and all the right spots. And that's what I think that women of all ages have to get through their heads is that they don't want to resist and strength because, oh, my arms are going to look big. I'm going to look like a man or like it doesn't matter. Do your thing because one, you're not going to look like a man unless you're like injecting testosterone as a woman, <laughs> which don't do that. And that unless you want to be like Miss Olympia or something, then sure. But <laughs> otherwise, go for it. That's going to actually help you achieve your goals. Your goals are to be more attractive, to look leaner, to lose fat. Building muscle is going to get you there, not doing hours of cardio. That's never going to get you there. Mm -hmm. And it's also just quality of life. Uh, imagine you yourself yeah. eating only 1,200 calories a day. It's not It's not a lot, whereas you're eat, enjoying life and you're going to eat, in this case, is right next to New Year's. So like you go out, you, you know, you're drinking champagne, you're having some great food, some hors d'oeuvres or whatever it is that you enjoy, but that you can eat relaxed and you don't put on any weight at all because your calorie maintenance calories are at a healthy point where you can literally eat 
too in moderation and you don't gain any weight. Whereas you literally put anything in your body and you gain weight. That's where you want to be, whether you're male or female. Just in this case, females just end up being a little lower. Well, I had one lady, this pretty funny story. When I first started training people and I already understood this concept, she comes to me and I'm talking to her about her goals. I'm sitting her down and she's like, I want to look like Kim Kardashian. That's what I have to look like. I want, I want to get Kim Kardashian's butt. I want to be as lean as she is, all this stuff. And all she did was cardio. And no matter what I tried to explain to her or recommend her doing, she just needed to feel like she was upping her heart rate nonstop and sweating profusely. And every time I showed her this is the proper form to do this and you feel your glutes here and all this stuff, it was no, like she had to do cycle between 10 different exercises, running back and forth in order to feel like she got a good workout in. And then she was unhappy with her results. And I was like, lady, I told you from the beginning that this is not going to work to look like Kim Kardashian. And even then you're going to need to get surgery anyways. But <laughs> but still, that's not the way to look like that at all. It's building muscle to give your best effort there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So to recap, uh, basically is in the eyes of the, our, us generation fitters, we basically, gen fitters or generation fitters? We should gen decide fitters. that right now. Gen, gen fitters. fitters. Gen okay. Sound good. Yeah. Gen, I like gen fitters. Yeah. So for the gen fitters out there, this is what we recommend and the fastest way to fix your metabolism. So one is resistance training, huh, not weight training. Yeah. There we <laughs> go. Same thing. Resistance training to build muscle. Two, getting more steps in. Three, eating more protein and more fiber. And then four, just building a lifestyle around being more active overall. Yep. Absolutely. And guys go to www.thegenerationfit.com for tons of free resources to subscribe to our news newsletter where we send out lots of free stuff as well and have a good one guys have a good one